You're listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward featuring Jesse De Silva, episode 136. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and ideas on everything from manifestation and meditation to money, sex and relationships, self-love and body image, and life in general. I want you to know that you are not your thoughts, that you can choose your thoughts, and thus you, and only you, create your reality. It's time for you to take control of your life and let joy and abundance be your natural state of being. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I Can't Wait to Tell You. I am your host, Casey Edward. Thank you, as always, for being here. I am so grateful, whether it's your first time listening or you've been listening for quite some time. I am located in Denver, Colorado, for those of you who don't know. And this show is intended to help you thrive spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So this show covers all of the things that will help you 360 live your best life. So before we dive into the episode, I wanted to give a shout out to Keith's Cacao. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know how much I love this cacao. So Keith's is 100% pure ceremonial grade sustainably sourced cacao from Guatemala. And a little background on cacao, it is a powerful superfood that offers a boost of energy without the crash of modern stimulating beverages. And you all know that I do love coffee as well. But sometimes I will have both, a little bit of both, and also sometimes when I'm not in the mood for coffee or not in the mood for that buzz that coffee gives you, cacao has just been a really good backup option. And in the winter, it's actually what I prefer. So in the winter, I completely swap out my coffee for cacao. Keith's Cacao cuts through the mental clutter, enhancing focus and concentration while enabling you to hear your heart, making self-expression, creativity, and connection easier and more enjoyable. Keith does all of this while creating a gentle state of euphoria that makes everything seem brighter and more fun. This powerful superfood slash plant medicine has many benefits and uses, some of which include consciousness and spirituality, workplace productivity, creativity and art, athletics and physical training, and healthy living. And I can truly attest to all of the above. As you've probably heard me say again on the show, it really helped me open up my heart in a more creative way. And I wouldn't really think of, I'm not really someone who's like, I opened my heart and I loved drawing. Like that's not how I am, but it really did help me do that and tap into a different part of myself, which then spilled over into all other facets of my life. And it gave me a lot of clarity on some big decisions I had to make while I was starting to drink it. And also it does really give me a boost before a workout. Again, sometimes caffeine like coffee is too much before a workout, but I have found that cacao gives you that perfect sustained energy. So 
All of that to be said, if you would like to try Keese Cacao, whether you like drinking it hot or iced, I recently have tried it iced and it is also phenomenal ice. So if you're an iced drink kind of gal, kind of guy, then this is also for you. You can try it out and use my code CASEY20US20 at checkout. The link will be in the show notes for Keats and that code will be there. And it's again, casey 20 US 20. It is $50 for a block of cacao without the discount, and that will last you a few, a good few months. You don't need much to go a long way to make a creamy, delicious beverage. So again, it will last you quite some time. Okay, and one other thing I did want to touch upon before we dive into this interview episode is if you missed the last episode, which was on the restoration program, the program that I am launching in September, even if you're not sure if you're called to being in the program, I would definitely go back and listen to it because all of the things we'll be covering in the program, when you hear them, it might set a light bulb moment off for you where you're like, oh, I need to do that to take myself to the next level. I have already started discovery calls with women whose intuitions and gut instincts said this is something that you want to do. And so the discovery calls have already started and there are going to be four to six women in the group. So basically I'm going to do all the discovery calls and then I'm going to put together a group of women that makes sense and that will be able to help support each other in a really aligned, badass kind of way. So Definitely check that episode out. And then if you want to check out the program, go ahead and go into the show notes and you can find out more on the landing page. Otherwise, if you have questions, you can just DM me on Instagram, but it's going to be, it's going to be a ball. So anyways, let's get into the episode. For this episode, I am so excited because I got to interview Jesse DeSilva. Jesse is an intuitive coach that Forbes has deemed the millennial money witch. We get into in the episode how she got into coaching, who she helps, and why. And some other things we get into are what money, what currency really is, why tapping into passion and joy is ultimately the way to be successful, what to expect before a massive up level, and so much more. Jesse is an amazing coach that I have actually had the pleasure to work with, and it was so profound and so powerful, and also just an amazing colleague and friend. I cannot wait to share this magical episode with you, so without further ado, let's get to the show with Jesse DeSilva. All right, Jesse, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you today? I'm so good because this popped up in my reminders and I was like, oh my God, I'm excited. I love talking to new people and I love talking about all the nerdy stuff I'm passionate about. So this is a perfect way for me to like roll out my day, even though it's noon here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally. I'm, I've been so excited to chat. So You are, amongst many things, a five-figure launch queen. You help other women become the same. You are a manifestation queen. That's me calling you that. And you are what Forbes called a millennial money witch, which I just love. So before we get into all of that, can you tell us a little bit about your story and what got you into coaching and money mindset? Oh my word. So that goes back quite a bit. So I will do my best because I'm a chatty Kathy. I have Gemini rising. So I will do my best to like <laughs> keep it short, but keep me to time. Yeah. So way, if we really go back to like where it started, I've always been coaching people my entire life. All my friends were always jokingly referring to me as their life coach. My siblings did too. Like I, I always say I've been coaching since I could talk. 
<laughs> I was like one of those little kids who was like oddly adultish and like always preferred to hang out with adults. I think I'm just a really old soul. So, so it really started like that. Like the passion was always there. I didn't know coaching was really a profession. I thought it was like some silly thing that like, you know, people said like only rich people did like only rich people had life coaches, only celebrities, like something like that. And I first got my taste of coaching in a network marketing context. I did some health coaching through Beachbody and I'm like, do not come at me about them. I love that company. <laughs> like so many of my best friends are from them. I love all their products. Love it. And I swear they're not paying me. That's just, that's just me. But I had started coaching formally through that where I got to see what it was like to coach people online. You know, everything is designed around accountability groups and reaching out on social media and sharing your journey, quote unquote. And I realized I loved coaching and I was always helping people with a lot more than just their health. And I realized I enjoy that more than the health aspect of it. Like I found it really annoying to be dealing with like, questions about sugar. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I, I can't do this. No. <laughs> so that's how I got my first taste. And then it wasn't until about a year after I had stopped like doing the health coaching thing where I was like, you know, I think I could do this. I don't know if this is a thing. I don't know like if regular people hire coaches, but I want to do this. I'm unhappy in my legal career. I've tried like every avenue to make my legal career something I enjoy and it doesn't work or it hasn't worked. So I decided to do this. So I originally started out as a job hunt coach because I had my own method for finding jobs. So I was able to basically network my way without having to send out cold Net, like cold applications. And I was already teaching all my friends how to do it. And it was why it was pretty successful. So that's what I started doing. I started helping people. And then obviously they're coming to me for job coaching stuff. I'm having to help them with mindset and self-awareness and self-love and all of this stuff. So I started out as a job hunt coach and a, I hired my own coach. I hired a business coach. And a week after I hired her, I was fired from my legal job and I had no savings, but I took it as a sign that this is what I'm meant to be doing. So I'm going to go all the way in. And it's funny because there were a few times where I tried to get like a, like a job to like bring in money, like while I was building it and every time it didn't pan out. So I just kept taking it as more signs to keep trusting. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. We, it caused like, oh my gosh, my, like the, the, I think my fiance was like more, my boyfriend at the time was like more uh, thrown for a loop than I was about it. Cause I'm very much like witchy and into manifestation and energetics. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. This is a great sign. And he was like, what do you mean? We don't have income and benefits. What are you saying? So having to like work with both of those energies. And then when COVID hit, so I'd been getting some moderate success. So I was like, make like just barely making money. And mm -hmm. when I say that, I mean, like, I also like did the things you're not supposed to do burned through my savings cash, like cash out of 401k did the things they tell you not to do. 
And then when COVID hit, I was like, oh, the job market's coming to a halt. So I need to pivot. But I actually got so excited. I, I said, oh my God, so many people are going to want to start businesses online. So many people need to know how to make money. So many people are going to need coaching on like why they shouldn't be panicking right now about money. I need to help them. And of course, that whole time, like that eight months of me being a job coach, I made all of the wrong mistakes. Mm -hmm. I learned all of these different business tactics for attracting clients, for social media marketing, all of this stuff. And I had to work on my money mindset because my money mindset was in the gutter. I was very much like, I call it poor brain, where it's like you do things like a lot of like little habits that are indicative of the mindset that you have around money. So, you know, good example. And you see this in people who either uh, grew up during the depression or are children of depression era parents, where it's like they hang on to the backups of things. So they might get a TV and keep the old TV just in case and like put it in a closet. So that's like, you know, I did lots of things, held on to clothes that I didn't need, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Cause like, what if? So I had already been working on my money mindset. So once I understood the pitfalls that I tended to fall into with my money mindset, I realized that those were the things that I needed to work through alongside the business strategy. So it was that, it was the manifestation, it was all of this stuff. Because at the end of the day, money mindset and manifestation, same thing. So when I made that pivot, I realized, okay, I'm going to help people start online businesses. And I made that pivot immediately. Like I immediately shut down the job hunting thing. I had turned it into an online course. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to help with startups. And the second I did that, it was, so it was the end of, you know, the end of March, 2020, beginning of April, I sold out all my one-on-one -on -one coaching spots and made $30,000 in like two weeks and like it forever changed everything. So even when, and I've had, you know, dips in my income since then I went through like a rock bottom back in August, but it really pivoted everything for me. And that was the thing that clicked. I realized this is what I'm supposed to be teaching. And of course I started out doing a lot of business coaching stuff. And it's funny because I kept resisting teaching the manifestation, teaching the magic stuff that I was doing. I was so focused on not becoming another white lady on the internet talking about manifestation that I became another business coach on the internet talking about like launch strategy. And so I basically like had gotten thrown into another financial rock bottom where I was like, I don't understand. I was making like you know, five figures every month for months. What's happened? Like, where are my clients? Where's all my inspiration? Where's everything? And people were looking at my stuff. People were like engaging with it. It's just that nobody was hiring me mm -hmm. and they would talk to me and then hire somebody else. So that was extra frustrating. And so I had this moment and this is something I always tell people who are fed up in anything in their life to do. I had this moment where I said to my guides, I said, okay, I know you're sending me the download to like teach magic alongside business, like literal magic, like spell casting and stuff. I know you want me to teach this, but like, I'm getting weirder. Like <laughs> You're making me be weird. <laughs> and like, there's no coming back. Like I already say I'm an intuitive. I already say I'm a psychic. There's no coming back from saying I teach people magic. So I need you to like hold up your end of the, of the deal. I, and I literally said, I said, I'm going to do it no matter what you tell me. Like I'm going to do it. 
but I need you. I know you know money's not real. I know money is not real, except not everybody else knows that. So I need you to hold up your end of the bargain. Send me the people who want this. I need the money because I cannot be the teacher you want me to be mm. if I'm panicking about my money. And so it was amazing. It was within two weeks from that conversation, I started getting calls. And it was funny because when I debuted this program that I have, Practical Magic, which is practical and magical, when I debuted it, I was so scared. I'd pushed the launch back several times. And then when I actually put it out there, I had such low engagement. I was panicking. It was like eight people would come to my lives. And I'm used to like 20, 30, 40 so I was panicking, but from those eight people, I had eight people sign up and six of them, I believe no six or I think five all paid me in full. I wound up with a 25 or $26,000 sales month. I had, well, what was it? It was around 14,000 in cash. Like it just fundamentally changed everything to me. And now that's like what I'm teaching. And I've continued to have calls. Like I, I, when I debuted that program a week later, I had 25 calls on the books of people interested. So the lesson I've learned, and I realize this has gone on so long, but it's like, you have to follow your weird. You have to just follow the downloads. You have to trust and you, you have to have fun. I wasn't having fun teaching business strategy. I do have a lot of fun teaching magic alongside the business strategy. That's a huge difference. So that is the long-winded version of, I guess, childhood to now. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that you shared all of that because I love hearing how successful people's lives played out in full, because I think so many, so many times on the internet, we see only the end result and what they're doing and we don't see any of the pitfalls or the lessons. The first thing that I loved was that all of the side jobs that you had did not work out. And that happened to me so many times on my path. My guides, my intuition kept saying, podcast, 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 nothing but podcast. And I'd be like, I'm just going to take this sidekick. <laughs> and they would be like, why? And I know that you talk about, will you trust your intuition? If it says to move across the country, if it says to start the business now, will you trust? And so you start being like, okay, I'm trusting, but I've been in the place too, where I'm like, but where's the money can. And, and I love that you said you had a conversation with your guides, with everything and was just like, okay, I do need the money if you want me to show up and I will do that thing. And it's, it's this conversation that we can have. So one thing that you touched on that I would love to dive into, because this is a download I've been having lately is money's not real. So can you tell us a little bit about the energetics of that statement? And let's, that's, that's something that I definitely want to dive into before anything else. Oh, yes. I love this because people, people talk about like money's just energy. And if you don't understand that yet, you don't understand how that actually works. It's hard to click into that. It's hard to click into that understanding. And so I like to come up with a way, like I have my own way of explaining it. So I'm so glad that you talked about it. And I think this is like the projector in me. Like I'm really good at explaining systems and concepts in a way that people understand. And really what we talk about when, when we're saying that money is energy, it's really like what we're saying is that concept that money's not real. So the fact that like, you know, when you think about money is energy, 
you have to think about the fact that it's so much, especially now, it's so much like, like ethereal, right? Like it's not like your money is sitting in a pile of dollar bills inside, inside your, your bank account somewhere, right? Like it's all, it's all digital. So at the very least, it's like, you're not getting paid from people. Nobody's like handing you cash every time. And that's the first way looking at it where like money isn't real is the fact that like, it's all digital. It's all just transfers. It's all electronic. You know, that that's where we, where we look at it. So money is energy is like money isn't real. It's just paper. That's a physical representation of exchange. And it only has value because we as a society, we've agreed that mm-hmm. it has value. But other than that, it's just paper. It's just, that's all it is. So even when you look at the origin of the word currency, like the, lat root, the, the root word of that is currents. Mm-hmm. So that's the Latin word. And what other word is built off of that is the word current, right? Like, so in a river or like the ocean, So currency is literally just the way that we describe the manner in which money moves. So it's purpose, it's flow. Literally money is just about the flow between people, the energetic exchange. So money is just that physical representation of exchanging goods and services. That's what it is. So the second part of this is understanding that like money is a renewable resource. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's something that a lot of people have to overcome, especially if they have what's called scarcity mindset, where they just think that like, you know, you know, you have it if like you're panicked when you see your money running out in your bank account, right? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Or you think like, I can't pay for this, or I can't hire a coach. I can't hire somebody to help me because I'll never get that money back. Or I might not get my money back. So really when you when you think about money as energy or money as a renewable resource what they're saying what you're saying there is that money is it's abundant because it's around us all the time so you have to think of money more like sunshine less like fossil fuels mm-hmm. right so think of it like fossil fuels are going to run out sunshine's not going to so money's always exchanging hands. It's always getting printed and minted. It's always happening. And now that we touch it less, it's easier to conceptualize this, right? Mm-hmm. And this concept goes back millennia. So even in the Bible, in the Bible, they, you know, the quote says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And all that means is that when you truly trust, whether that's God, the universe, the forests, or yourself, your own ability, you can release control of the end result and you know that your needs are going to be met. That's where that concept comes from because they had money back then too and they were still teaching this concept. So you have to trust that money is this renewable resource and you can always make more of it. When you, when you start to embrace that concept, the pressure of having it, saving it, spending it wisely that starts to lift. Mm-hmm. And you know what this is, because if you've ever been on a diet, like, you know, you know that if you've been on a diet, like say you're not eating bread, right? The second you tell yourself that you can't have chips or donuts or bread or whatever it is, all you want are chips, donuts, and bread, right? That's like how it works. So you have to like basically bring the bring the ownership of your money back into it where it's like, if you're not gonna spend on things, take ownership of that. It's like, I'm choosing to wait on this. Like I'm choosing to spend on something else instead. 
but I'm still, I still have a way to like treat myself in small ways. Like I'm not totally boxed in. So that's like something I always say, and this is getting into scarcity mindset, which we can cover after, but that's basically the, the concept of money is energy. So money is not real and money is a renewable resource. Yes. I love that. I actually have been having been in meditations. I was starting to understand all of this and feel into it. And like you said, it's so cool to be in a time where it is easier to conceptualize in that we're not touching the money. And I think it's, I heard something it's around 90 to 92%. I want to say of money air quotes is digital is virtual. And so all of the, all of this money that everyone has it's, it's not real, like, right in that way, in that physical way, it's not real. And that's crazy to think about. So let's get into the shift from scarcity to abundance, because I know when I started changing my money mindset, I remember being like, okay, that's all well and good. There's plenty of money, but right now I have none. How do I genuinely start to make change in my physical reality? So what are some practical and magical mindset shifts that people can make if they're kind of at square one? For sure. Okay. So there's one thing I like to do is, well, you know, before even all of that, the first thing I like to tell people when it comes to manifesting anything is forget what you think, you know, and this was a download that I literally got from my guides or the universe, whoever's talking to me. They said, forget what you think, you know, because we have this idea that, you know, for example, like genetics are set right? Like we have this idea that like, you know, I can't change my hair. I can't change this. I can't change that. And now they're finding out in research that, you know, energy can change actual DNA. That's where you hear those miracle stories of people who change their mindset and they cured themselves of cancer. Like if you follow Joe, Joe Dispenza at all, he's got so many of those stories of people who have used his practices to heal themselves. And that's how energy works. So the first thing it's like, I I find scientific understanding to be really helpful for me. And so when the way you think about it is this universal energy, the way it works is that we are all radiating out electricity. That's how our bodies work is that our hearts produce like a form of electricity, our brains release a form of electricity and it, and it radiates outside of us. So that's why for example, say you, like somebody that you're close to, say you can always tell when your sister's upset or you can always tell no matter what's going on, like, you know, um, like, okay, for moms, like moms or parents, like you can always tell when your kid's up to no good. You're like, something's <laughs> up. I know, I know they're getting into some shit today. <laughs> so it's like, you always know, like you have these things or like the, even at the most basic, having the feeling that someone's staring at you and turning around and seeing that someone was looking at you. That's because it's, we have this electricity that radiates off our body. And because there's so many people in the world and we're all radiating electricity, there's like basically like a current, like you can't see any of it because you can't see electrons and protons and all this stuff and all these molecules, they all vibrate. So the, you know, the molecules of my clothing are vibrating, molecules of my body are vibrating. And so that energy is going out all the time and it's all part of like a collective energy that's just kind of surrounding the globe, right? So think about it like the force in Star Wars, the force be with you, that force, it's that universal life force. Mm -hmm. And the way I tell people that you can, that you know that this universal life force is there is like, imagine if a cell in your body, body suddenly became aware, like a red blood cell, it would be like, what the fuck am I doing here? 
like, what is going on? I'm just rushing around. I don't know what's happening. I see all these other people who look like me and they're all rushing around. Why are we doing the things that we do? It would have no concept because it sees only other red blood cells or white blood cells or viruses, whatever is in the bloodstream. It would have no concept of what a human looks like. It would have no idea that it's part or part of a bigger whole, right? So the first thing is like, you really have to understand that like universal energy is like a real actual thing and it can be directed. And when you accept that, you can then say, okay, if that's the case and it can be directed because I'm able to direct it when I stare at somebody, when I, when, um, like I know somebody's like, I want to, I want to talk to someone and then they call me something like that. If you've ever had those weird little synchronicities, that's, that's an example of how you have used energy in your own time. And like, you know, even something, the, even a really basic example of like running late and needing green lights instead of red lights. If you're like really panicked over, like, I can't get a red light, can't get a red light. What's going to happen? You get all red lights, right? Totally. You're like, of course, <laughs> this is the day I get all red lights. Right. Whereas if you're just like enjoying the ride, you're like, I'm late, but you know what? It's going to be fine. Like I'm, I'm chronically late. I hate to admit it, but it, but I am. And so I have like no rush in me, like no rush. I run on Hispanic time and that's it. Like I tell time in like 15 to half hour increments. That's just how it is. So because I'm like chill about it, I've never had being late, like wind up with like major consequences for me because it's just like things tend to roll for me because I'm like, eh, it's going to be fine because it's always been fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how you see people who like we think are lucky. So I realized that's like really esoteric. So now let's get into the nitty gritty of scarcity mindset and how do we change it? So it's like, cause it's one thing to understand the concepts. It's another thing to apply them. So when the first thing you can do to really apply it is looking like seeing abundance everywhere, not necessarily in money. So something that helps is like, you know, right now it's spring or summer in the U S like, well, I'm in Florida. So it's basically summer already. So an abundance walk is something that you can do. And it's something you can do just while you're living your life. So I'm looking out my window here at these big, beautiful, lush trees. And I'm like, oh my God, there are so many leaves on these trees. Jeez, so many leaves. I could not even begin to count all these leaves on here. Oh my God. And look at the grass blades, so many blades of grass. Like I could never count them all. There's just, there's so much around me and I'll do this even with like funny things. So like we had a fruit fly infestation for a while. We're still dealing with it. And so I was just saying things like making light of it being like, we have an abundance of flies. (laughs) Like we are abundant. Yes. (laughs) So even little things like that. And then when that starts to, and it feels really silly, but it's so true. It's like, you have to start shifting how you see things. And then like, you can even sit here, like I live in an apartment complex and I sit here and I like to think sometimes I'm like, man, like all these cars in the parking lot all belong to people in these in these apartments, they all have jobs because they're making their car payments. They're getting paid like they're like money's hitting their bank accounts. Money's coming out of their bank accounts. Like all of it, like the money is like literally digitally flowing around me all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, cause everybody has money coming in and out. So that's how you can start seeing it as energy too, is that like, it's coming to all the people around you and you're just like, wow, like it's, it makes it start to feel like you could almost reach out into the air and grab it. 
And like, that's, that's how we want to like, kind of start looking at it. And the way to really magnetize money to you. And I will like say this until I'm blue in the face, passion and joy, because at like people talk about surrender a lot because you need to surrender to attract things. Like you have to release your attachment to what you want, which sounds so counterintuitive because you're like, all I want is money and I'm so desperate for money and my creditors are calling me and I don't know what to do and I'm stressed out about it. So it's like, what do you mean I have to surrender the attachment to money when my rent is due in a week, right? Like it doesn't compete. <laughs> right. So the way I like to say it is like, you have to just have fun and have joy because think about those moments, even when you've been so broke. So say you've been like the brokest you've been, like I'll talk about, this was right after I graduated law school. I had just broken up with, you know, an, an ex-boyfriend and he had moved out. And the only reason I'd been a, a, able to afford my apartment was because we were paying for it together. And I was working at Ann Taylor Loft, babysitting for a friend, and I had an internship. And I had $17 in my bank account. I remember walking into Loft and I was just like in the best mood because I loved working at Loft because I got such great discounts. If I did buy clothes, I got so many blazers for my law career there from like the <laughs> discount that we got. So, and I just remember having this feeling of like, I'm so happy because I'm free from this relationship that wasn't serving me. I'm done with the bar. I don't even care if I passed at this point because I at least get a break for the next like couple months. And I just had, I was just like in such joy because I loved this little shitty retail job because I loved the people I worked with. I was learning so much about fashion, which I've always been really passionate about. You know, like I was just like in total bliss and my little treat that I would get every time I was on shift at Loft, they had this little ice cream place, like in the middle of the mall it was a kiosk and it was like Moo Moo's ice cream or something. So it was like, it was such a simple, blissful time, right? Like I would love my little, I loved my 10 minute drive there where I made a playlist that played like the perfect number of songs to get me from my apartment to Loft. And it was just like jams, you know, like just great, like, you know, I, and I was have, I was in Jacksonville, Florida and I was dreaming of moving to a city and all this stuff. So I would listen to like, you know, New York with Alicia Keys and Jay-Z. So I'd like listen to that. And like, I had Maneater by Hall and Oates. Like, I was just like my jams. Like I would listen to those on the way there. I'd get there. I'd have such a great time taking my break at Moo Moo's. It didn't matter that I had $17 in my bank account. I was blissed out. I was so happy because it was like that freedom after a, after like two toxic relationships, right? Like the bar and my boyfriend. So it's like the more you can get into joy, like those moments of fun. So even when you've been broke, like having a bottle of wine, like a cheap bottle of wine with a friend, you just like laugh until you're crying. Like those moments, you're not thinking about your money, right? Like those are these blissed out moments where you forget how broke you are. So the more you can tap into passion and joy, like the easier it is for money to come to you. So when you set out and you're like, I'm going to be like, I, from now on, all I care about is being happy and having fun. And then I'm also going to forget, forget what I think I know about life. Like anything is possible in that space. 
And then like, if it comes to like little tips and tricks of things that you want to do to like manifest money, you know, everybody's a witch. Everybody has access to this universal energy. You can direct it. Just like I said, like if you've stared at someone and they turned around, like you've, you've used your energy before. So like conjure up the feelings of like happiness, confidence, whatever it is, like you can conjure up those feelings or say you want anger because you need like fuck you energy to get something done, right? You can always conjure up those emotions inside you and direct it into something. So, you know, that can look like charging a favorite necklace, like building up that energy and putting that energy, like just with your hands, like putting it into like a crystal or a piece of jewelry, just imagine it being infused with like that that emotion and then having the purpose behind it. So you have the intent of like, every time I wear this necklace or these earrings, I'm going to feel so fucking confident Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to like, love it. Like, and you know, this is true because if you've ever had a pair of shoes that made you walk a certain way, (laughs) yeah, you, right. Like it's like, exactly. Everybody's had a pair of shoes like that. So you can do that consciously with items that don't have that association. So you can do that. A little ritual I've started doing is like when I make coffee in the morning, like I just like take a moment and I really focus on all of the memories and all of the things that make me feel really confident, really abundant. I think about them and I bring them up to my heart and I just like hold my hands out and imagine like a swirling green ball uh, forming in my forming in my right hand. And then like, I imagine it going into my coffee and like, I'm like, when I drink this, I'm going to feel like I'm just going to be so magnetic. I'm going to know exactly what I want to do today to like make money, to attract people, to have fun. And then even though this is a really common one, but a really basic one is you can take a piece of paper and write a word or a phrase or something. So say like confidence or say like, you know, a certain amount of money. So say it's like, you know, rent's coming due and it's $1,200. So I'm going to put 12. I don't know whose rent costs $1,200, but you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you write that amount on there or, you know, confidence to attract this or like whatever, put on a piece of paper put a glass of water on top of it and just let it sit for like 15, 20 minutes, drink it. That's like, it's in all of this, it's just the same thing. You're just focusing your energy on a specific thing, right? Like that's what it's about. I love everything you were just saying because, so when I first started my journey, my catalyst was Abraham Hicks. So I got into Mm. knowing the law of attraction and understanding. And I love all of what you just said because for a long time, they would say, okay, your bills aren't getting paid, but you focusing on not paying them is doing nothing. In fact, it's actually doing the opposite. So if you're not going to be directly doing something, then have fun, be in joy, be in these states where you will be in the, the attraction point. And I love that you just laid that out for us because when you have an example to be like, okay, that does make sense. I can have fun. You know, it's taking this fake necessity that we put in worry, we, it's just taking that away because for so long, I feel like me, at least I was programmed to think that worry was productive. And then right. as you start to understand this, you're like, that's actually the most counterproductive thing I could be doing is focusing on the lack and focusing on not having enough. And so I love both the coffee and the water thing, because it's just the intentionality. It's putting the intentionality behind everything you do and just being that vibration, that vibration oh, yeah, trying yeah. to reflect back. And just, and even speaking about like magic. So like 
you know, when we think about like magic, when we think about witches and magic and spells, we think about like, you know, oh, I don't know, like cauldrons and sacrificing animals and stuff like that. And it's like, it, it the ritual actually doesn't matter. Yeah. So like you're casting spells every moment of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like the three point formula that I, that I basic, basically teach people on like how to like bring magic into your life is just align your intentions, embody them deeply, take inspired action every day. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all casting a spell is. The ritual is really just a way for you to kind of focus your energy, right? The thing is, is that like, you know, and there are some other aspects of specific spell casting that, you know, you need will versus focus. So it's the difference of like, you can't just cast a spell for an abundance because then you might wind up with an abundance of fruit flies. So, you know, (laughs) Um, so there are like aspects like that. And, you know, of course, this stuff works when it's more general, when you're looking at it like that. If you have specific patterns that are repeating in your life, that generally highlights that you have to like, actually, like, I'm not about spiritual bypassing. I'm not saying you can't feel worry. You can't feel these emotions. You need to feel these emotions, but the difference is feeling them in the moment versus setting aside time to feel them. I feel like makes the biggest difference. So a great example, like, the book Existential Kink by Dr. Carolyn Elliott, who founded Witch Magazine. She's amazing. I'm obsessed with her. Um, She talks about like getting off on like your negative feelings, right? Because we have this idea in manifestation that, oh, I can't feel feel that way because then I'm putting all of my focus into it. And it's really not about that either. It's like, we just want to set aside time to tackle it. So like I'll teach my clients all the time, like your worst case scenario is going to manifest period. Yeah. Because the more afraid of it you are, the more likely it's going to happen. And it doesn't matter if you just like think positively all day, doesn't matter. It's going to happen, but you get to decide how it happens. So you get to decide, like, am I going to set aside the time to like feel into this fear and like experience it in some way? Or am I going to or am I going to wait for it to manifest in my life? A great example was like me wanting to quit my job and then getting fired, right? So I like to teach people, you know, you need to be able to feel into the negative feelings as well, but the difference is determining when you're going to do that. So if you're getting a call from Chase Bank and they're asking when you're going to make your next credit card payment, whatever, if you look at that call and you start feeling small and unworthy and unlovable, that's not the time. That's not the time. You have to like unplug from that. You have to like go get into joy, go process it. Like you could feel it for a little bit, but like then you have to move on from it. But what you need to do is like later that, later that day, that evening, you need to like relish in that feeling being like, I love it. I love feeling shameful. I love feeling small. I love feeling all of this. And just like keep like just talk aloud, even like talking aloud in, you know, the bath or like laying in bed or something. Just like, yeah, I'm like, you know, you can do that or you can, you know, she says you can use it like a kink factor. You can be like, ooh, daddy, no, anything but shame. Yeah. Like, you know, you can do that. And like the more you talk about it, you'll kind of get to like the underlying feeling of it. You'll realize like, what is it that, that I'm, that I'm actually reveling in. Cause you have to basically like accept we're all pigs and shit. All right. And until we accept that we want to roll around in shit and like give ourselves that time to roll around in shit, mm-hmm. then we can also, then we can go take a bath, you yeah. know? 
but you got to roll around in the shit first. It's like a dog, right? Like any, <laughs> if there's a mud puddle, a dog is going to fly into it. So just like give yourself your luxuriate in your mud puddle and then you can take a bath. Then you can start changing it. You literally read my mind because I wanted to bring this up and you brought it up so perfectly because I, you know, I mean, I can use an example that's not related to money, but as I was getting better from COVID, there were all of these feelings coming up for me. And yesterday I had told myself I was going to do all of these things because I felt better and I was going to get back into the swing of things. And my emotions were like, nah, (laughs) like we've got some shit to deal with from having this and from coming out of it. And for the first time, instead of feeling bad about it or fighting it or trying to push through it, Mm. I was just like, okay, you know, this is what it is. I'm going to be pissed off that I can't, I couldn't do anything for a few weeks and I'm sad and all of these feelings. And I love the idea of, I've never really heard someone talk about this, the idea of setting aside time and just going in, diving into it and letting it come up and then seeing what's there and using it pretty much. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that's like what I found makes a huge difference because it's one thing to just be in that mood and be like, and I'm not saying like, don't feel it. Like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm sad today. Like I'm, I'm a Pisces. So that happens. So I'm like, I'm sad today. So I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be sad. Like I'm going to cry for no reason today. I'm going to take something my fiance said the wrong way and I'm going to cry. Like (laughs) it's one of those days. I know I'm going to feel bad today. (laughs) And like just accepting that, like I'll give myself a day to have a pity party, feel bad, whatever. And the funny thing is, and I say this and I've seen this happen so many times in my own life and my clients' lives, you will get a resurgence of your past bullshit right before massive up level too. So it's really funny because it's like you think, oh, yeah, once you start getting breaking through your patterns and your blocks, you're like, oh, my God, I'm unstoppable. Like, I'm a fucking queen. I can do anything. Yes. Royalty. Abundance is my birthright. All of these feelings, you start feeling massive. And then right before, like right when you get a really big download or you get an idea or you're really excited about something. So you'll be like, oh, my God, for example, me with this with my practical magic program, like this is going to be amazing. It's so cool. I'm like, this is going to be really fun. I can't wait. And then when it came time to launch it, all of a sudden I got panicked. And like, I didn't want to do anything. I started procrastinating. I mean, like I considered doing my taxes early, which tells you everything. I, it was, it was rough. Like all of a sudden I was just like, so shadowy, so weird, whatever. And I had to set aside time to feel that way for like that day. And this actually happened again yesterday to me because, you know, I just created this incredible one-on-one container for one-on-one clients, which I haven't had one-on-one in a while. And I'm opening like three spots for it. And it's like a $20,000 investment. It's for like a corporate executive, somebody with a team. Like I'm like, or like, you know, a success, someone who's already an established successful small business owner with a team. I'm like so fucking jazzed about it. And I'm like, yes, it's amazing. Like it's going to be, it's going to be life-changing. I'm going to start like, and I'm going to start posting on LinkedIn. I'm going to get on some podcasts. I'm going to pitch some media outlets. I feel amazing. It's going to be so cool. That was me this weekend. And then yesterday I sit down to do stuff and I was like, I'm just a piece of shit. Nobody's going to ever hire me again. Like nobody wants to hear like, oh, I'm going to go friggin' pitch CNBC and tell them I'm a fucking witch. Are you serious? Like they're going to laugh at that email. Like all of a sudden, all the things that like I've already dealt with Mm -hmm. 
you know, nobody's ever going to pay me this. Why would they pay me this? So it's like, here I am, like, I'm a coach making like 30 grand a month. And like, here I'm having these, I have these moments too, but it's because it's coming. Feeling that way, having a resurgence of something old, like it, it always happens right before you take a big step. Cause it's essentially like your last chance to be like, it's, it's another chance. I shouldn't say last. It's another chance to be like, no, I'm going to act anyway and do it anyway. Yeah. So it was like, I counter it. I countered it last time by being like, like last night I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pitch every single outlet. I think I'm going to get rejected from like specifically because I know I'm going to get rejected anyway, because who fucking cares? Like, I don't care. And so it was like, I sent out like 20 pitches and I was like, fuck it. Let's see what happens. Right. Like, you know, I'm already expecting to never hear from these people. So if I do, it's going to be like, wow, that's really cool. Right. Like, so that's, that's the difference is like, you can still feel shadowy. You can still, you know, feel those things. It doesn't mean you've regressed. Yeah. It just means that like, it's another opportunity. It's another test for you to step into your worth anyway. Mm -hmm. You can feel any which way you want and you can still take action on it. Like you can still follow the downloads that you're getting, even if you're terrified of them. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I had, I had this happen to me recently too. I woke up and I hadn't woken up like this in a minute where I, so I used to struggle with anxiety, bad anxiety. And I woke up feeling anxious and pissed off. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> like, like you were saying, it kind of feels good to indulge it because in a way, like I was thinking about it that day as she was, she's coming up this, this part of me. And I was like, she's kind of a bad bitch. How can I use this? Like she's being shadowy. I feel some type of way but you can use it. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was doing a detox recently and I started getting so angry because I had to eat so many vegetables (laughs) and like, I like vegetables, right? Like this is, but this is like, I normally like vegetables are like mixed in with like other things. And I was literally so mad. Like in one week I ate like two and a half English cucumbers. No one should ever eat that many cucumbers if, unless they're pickles. Okay. So I was like, this is, I was literally so angry. I was so mad. And I was like, there's power here. There's something to be, ex- to explore because I never feel angry. It's like, what? Like, I'm going to like, like that gift from Star Wars. It's like, let the hate flow through you. Like the Emperor Palpatine, let the hate flow through you. I was like, I'm going to let this hate for for zucchini flow through me today. Like, and I was just realizing like, oh, I never get angry like this. And I was like, man, like, but there is power in it, right? Like there's so much power in it. There's no, there are no negative emotions. Like, none they're just emotions and so I I got really angry I was angry for like two straight days and I was like just feeling it I was like I'm angry because I have to eat vegetables because I think I'm fat and I'm angry that like I have to do this like I can't just like be one of those chicks who's like effortlessly skinny and eats Doritos all day like I'm like just like really indulging it yeah and then I, I took a break and I had like an Italian sub like <laughs> on Sunday. I was like, no, mama needs this. And she's been doing it for two weeks. And I'm going to continue <laughs> my one last week. I need one break. Yeah. So 
but like we have to explore those feelings because there's there's power and there are like pearls of wisdom yeah. in it. And it's like it's and it's at the very least, it's practice for when you want to like conjure up that energy and direct it into something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, whether you want to put it in your coffee or put it in your copy for like, you know, social media, like you can absolutely direct your energy into anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so funny. You said the Italian sub thing because the day I was having the shadow day and I was indulging it and it felt so good to just be like, fuck it, that I got a big ass sub. Like That's exactly right. what I did too. I was like, I want to crush this sub. And there's something too, like, <laughs> it felt so good. And it was, it's, you know, you said the, the fuck you energy and my boyfriend and I were actually just talking about this, how sometimes the fuck you energy is the best you can do in a way. And that mm -hmm. has to be enough. And I think that on the shadowy days, I am in the most fuck it moods of all. So like you said, just being like, fuck it. I'm just going to send this pitch to 20 people who might say no. And once in a while, when you get that one big yes, it's it's from a fuck it thing. Right. Yeah. And I think too, what you touched upon that I like is you get to this point where because you've indulged all of these parts of ourselves, these, these shadowy parts or these dark parts is that you start to realize, oh, I'm worthy and I'm abundant even when feeling these things. So yep. like you said, mm -hmm. you come out of the spiritual bypassing because when I first started to learn about all this, I was like, oh my God, okay, I have to feel good all the time, think good all the time. And then you have this powerful moment where you're like, oh, even in the days right. when I'm this bitch, I still am abundant and worthy and enough and it's okay. Right, right. And I mean, like, just think about like, you know, the download I'm getting right now is like, think about music, right? Like we feel just as good singing along to like Gaga's like born this way. Like I'm born this way. Like, you know, everything about me is like beautiful, whatever. And then we also love singing along to like, what's that Carrie Underwood song where she's like, Oh, before he cheats. Before he cheats. Oh, yes. Right? Like, busting up. Because like, we all wanted to be that crazy bitch. Or some of us have been. And it's like, we just sit there and we imagine ourselves on, like, our worst ex and just, like, taking his car out. We're just like, yes. Yes, or her car out or their car out. Whoever's. Yeah. Like, we just imagine that. And it's like, yeah, I would love to be that crazy psycho once in a while, right? Like I stand like yeah. a, a psycho bitch sometimes, <laughs> right? Like how many of us have seen like a news story that's like, she, she shot his dick off. And it's like, it's like, what'd he do? Like, <laughs> what'd he do? Okay. Like, so it's like, we, there are shadowy parts to all of us. <laughs> and it's like, the sooner we can just accept that, like all of these parts of us are like, beautiful and worthy and like nothing makes us nothing makes us unworthy like that's what it's about it's that radical self-acceptance that's what I talk about that's the that's the thing behind existential kink mm -hmm. behind like manifestation all of it is just radical self-acceptance and like I've you know I've never known how to like not be like way too open with myself so I think that I've helped a lot of people with that because I'll talk about anything I don't care like, you know, I saw somebody had posted in a group the other day and she was like, I'm so embarrassed. I keep having a dream about my, she's like, I keep having a dream about like my high school boyfriend and I'm like happily married. And, you know, I would be so like, what if my husband find, found out? I would be so embarrassed. Meanwhile, like I woke up the other day and I told my fiance, I was like, I had another sex dream about that middle school teacher I had. 
I'm like, there's like six weeks of them. And he's like, okay. Like, he's like, oh, you're still having those. I'm like, yup. Wow. I don't know what those are about, but I'm going to have to explore it. Like, let me find my dream dictionary. And he's like, okay. Do the you? Other, the, yeah. The other night was like, I had, I was like, I told him, I was like, I woke up and I was like, oh, I had the best dream. I was on the beach with my my best friend and her daughter and my sister and our other friend. And we just like, we're just like on the beach and we just had like this beautiful day. Like I just like dreamed the whole day. Like we went to the beach, had like, we're there all day, packed up. And he was like, is that, that it? That's, that's your dream. He was like, did your middle school teacher show up at all? Like, <laughs> it's like, you got to accept there's nothing like there's nothing. Everything makes you worthy. All right. Like you can have the weirdest dreams. You can have like, you know, you can have done some psycho shit with an ex-boyfriend. Doesn't matter. Like you're still worthy. It's just like, you know, Donald Trump's worthy. I yeah. hate it, but he is. He's worthy because he exists. Yeah. And, you know, he is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, he's a good example. Like narcissists are great manifestors because yeah. they never question whether they're worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you think and like think about like everybody knows someone who's just like naturally lucky. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, motherfucker, they're always getting like free concert tickets or like VIP stuff, whatever. They just live the super charms life. You have to look at it. It's like, Yeah, because they've never questioned it. Most of the time they have like a healthy sense of confidence, first of all. And then because they've had so many of these lucky experiences, they start to believe they're just charmed, right? And then that attracts more like more charmed energy. So it's like, we can sit here and get mad at those people or we can learn from them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, I, I found over the years that so much of my resistance, my emotional resistance, that uh feeling, it's like you take a step forward and then you fling yourself back was coming from not allowing myself to be myself radically, right? Mm. So it comes from the questioning and the uncertainty, like you have the divine download, you're about to take the inspired action, you're like, uh, and then you just create like this whirl. And yeah, that's where when the you're when you're so accepting of however you're showing up, that's when it's like the resistance goes away and you're such a successful coach so I'm sure you can speak to this the more you are radically accepting of yourself and show other people all of the sides to you the more that they trust you and understand you and want to work with you because they're like oh she gets me she's you know it's it's so much easier when you're not cookie cutter or only speaking to one emotion because people can connect with you and then that's what happens that's my coach. That's my girl. A thousand percent. Yeah. Because like, because I'm an open book and I say whatever, whatever the fuck I want, like whatever I'm thinking. Yeah. It resonates with people. And it also alienates a lot of people, but it alienates the people I don't want to work with. Yeah. Like they would have a problem with that. Right. Like they would have a problem. They might be like very, I'll say activated in response to some of the things I say. So, you know, you have to be like, those things when you're radically you when you radically accept who you are and how you are and all of that stuff that's when that's when the learning happens that's when like the attraction happens mm-hmm. like i my first coach i hired her because i got like every time she posted i was so judgy mm-hmm. i was so judgy i was so activated i was like just very like who does this bitch think she is? Honestly, like that's how I felt. And like, because I had that reaction every time I realized she's showing an aspect of me that I've cut off. 
that I feel uncomfortable accessing. Mm -hmm. And so she needs to teach me how to access it. That's how I picked her. I was like, she bothers me. And so I need to hire her. That's literally how it happened. That's how it's happened with so many of my coaches is that like the people I'm attracted to are the people who I'm like, like activate me. They make me angry. They make me feel like not good enough, whatever. And then I'm like, that's because they're showing me something I need to heal. When we start looking at the people who activate us in those ways and start asking ourselves, okay, well, what, what aspect of self am I rejecting that they're highlighting for me? It helps. Like, you know, I, I, one of the reasons I hate Donald Trump so much is because he just says whatever the fuck he wants and he never thinks about his words. And I am so careful with how I communicate a lot of times. Like I'm very careful. I don't always say the things I want to say and I have an open throat chakra. So I want to say whatever, you know, and so instead, that's where, you know, I can continue to hate him, but it, it basically shows me how I can use that mm-hmm. to like, better myself and to accept myself more. Maybe I am a little too careful. Maybe I do need to say some shocking things a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Just using everyone as a mirror and just learning from that. And I think that's a really good tip is if someone's triggering you and they're a coach and, you know, it could be with money, it could be with anything mm-hmm. like oh, who is she to share? You know, she got another Prada bag or, or whatever. And then it's like, oh, I, there's something there for me to to explore probably with her <laughs> because ultimately oh, yeah. I might want that Prada bag and that's what's causing me. <laughs> an right, right. Her. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah. you know, I offer this, I offer this reading. It's like the ultimate transformation reading because basically what we do is I, wor- I walk you through what is like your worst case scenario. Like what is your, like what you would consider your rock bottom and how do we face it in a, in a way now? And, you know, the example I use, I'm going to try and try and truncate this story because it's, I always make it go on really long, but basically like, you know, when I walked myself through this, when one of my coaches walked me through this, like, you know, mode of questioning. And now of course I created a tarot spread to make it go a lot faster, but basically walking me through what my worst case scenario would look like. And I was living in DC at the time, basically we got to my worst case scenario would be me. If I never made another sale, I would have to move back to Florida. I'd have to go back to my legal career and I would have to shop at Walmart basically for everything, not just groceries. Like, and, and to be clear, we shopped at Walmart growing up, but that's where the root was because like we bought everything there because I'm one of four kids. Like, yeah, we bought everything at Walmart And our Walmart was like really close to my school, which was like, you know, my parents sent us to one of the reasons we were shopping at Walmart is because they sent us to private school Yeah, because the schools were not great in, in our County when I was growing up. So I was paranoid. I was paranoid that like, you know, one of my classmates and most of them were like doctors and lawyers, kids. I was paranoid that a classmate would see me shopping for bras there. Mm -hmm. That was like my big fear. And so once I was an adult, it was like, how can I never go to Walmart again? Basically became like a a subconscious thing that I I was like doing. So she was like, you know, who shops at Walmart? I was like, my parents, that's like immediately who comes to mind. She's like, how do you judge them? And I'm like, I judge them for being like ignorant, for like being vaguely racist because, you know, they're Republicans. I judge them for, you know, being cheap, like whatever, like, you know, and I love my parents. I don't mean to say this to be super judgy with them. This is just, you know, we all judge our parents. So, and so she was like, all right, so you basically have to go shopping at Walmart, like, because that's like the thing that you're, 
actually actively avoiding. That's the thing you keep pushing away. So it's like, you have to go confront the fear. And so I did. So I went and like, I went and tried on a bra. I did all my shopping, like home goods and like, you know, whatever. And the thing I realized when I was there, I was like, first of all, I'm still worthy. Second of all, I was already being an ignorant racist asshole by not going out, going to Walmart. Cause I was making assumptions about mm-hmm. who shops at Walmart. Right. Like yeah. I was already those things. Right. And that was what I realized when I was there. I was like, I am being cheap. I am being an asshole. Like I'm being exactly what I'm afraid of already. And so like, like, because I've made assumptions on who shops at Walmart and why I don't want to be there. And I was like, Oh man, like, that's so like, Oh, that's like a, that was a realization. And I was like, but you know, I had to go through it because I had to realize that there's actually nothing wrong with this. Like, and I was already the qualities I was afraid of becoming. Right. Yeah. And so what's funny is that like fast forward like six months and what happened was like, I ended up over the course of those six months realizing I hate being in a city. I don't like being in cities anymore. Um, I want to be close to nature. I want like, and my fiance had, was um, starting a PhD program here in Florida. And I was like, I want to go, like, I think I want to go back. Mm. Like, even though I'd grown up there and I'd always hated it. And I tried so hard to leave. It's like, I think I actually want to go back. I think I miss sunshine. I think I miss like, you know, just nature and like small town living. I never want to hear a fucking siren again. Like I'm so ready. So the funny thing is like six months later, we moved to Florida. We moved back to Florida. I I mean, I did not pursue my legal career, but we came back to Florida and the first place we went shopping was at Walmart. And that's when I had this moment of realization. And I was like, this was why I had to face this six months ago Mm -hmm. because I needed to like have this moment where I was walking in with a new chapter and like so overjoyed with it rather than being forced into the situation and feeling like I was making it mean I failed, Mm -hmm. right? Six months before what I painted as like my ultimate failure had six months later been a representation of one of my ultimate joys. And I just could not believe like the correlation between the two. It was just so powerful. Full circle. Right. Yeah. It was like so wild. I just had that moment of realization where it was like, oh, okay. Like, and it's funny because I am a Walmart shopper girl. Like now I am, I get groceries from there every week. They have really amazing Alaska sockeye salmon. And that's like my jam. It's so good. So it's like, yeah, I get my groceries from Walmart every week. And it's so funny. Like I would not be here if I hadn't had that big, powerful realization and facing that shadowy aspect of myself like six months before. It's, it's so powerful because that saying what you resist world persist is just so, so true in, in so many ways. And, you know, I mean, you, you talk about Star Wars or you think about the hero's journey, where do they always end up? The worst case scenario of where they didn't want to end up or like their childhood home that they hated. And then everything comes full circle for them. And, you know, I think that having that example that you just gave so that someone can kind of say, okay, am I having any of those moments in my life where I am just blocking something out that I need to go into fully is Mm -hmm. just so powerful because the more, like we've been saying that we face these shadows, we face these fears, 
it frees up room in our soul and in our energy and in everything to bring in things that we do, that we do love. So like you said, you freed the fear, you went there, you faced all of it and then insert the ultimate joy in that exact place. So, right. yeah. So good. It's funny because like, you know, everybody's, everybody's trip to Walmart looks different. Like I've had clients where their trip to Walmart was like buying a Louis Vuitton bag. Mm. Like literally like they, because they're so afraid of being perceived as spoiled, yeah. that they're afraid to go actually buy something that they like and have that service where like people are doting on them in the store. And, yeah. you know, I've had people where their trip to Walmart was, um, asking someone to buy them something unnecessarily because they'd been told that they were a brat their whole lives. Like, right. So mm -hmm. literally just asking someone to buy them a present that they don't need. Right. You know, I had another person who had to tell her sister, she was all right about her because like her success and like her life was like, was like activating her sister in this, in a way. And so she was always having to live in this justified energy. And I said, what, what would you, well, how would it be different if you went and told her she was right about you? She was like, oh man, that feels icky. I don't want to do that. Like the way I described it is like, you should have to like consider like cutting off your pinky to not do it. Like <laughs> if it's the feeling of like anything but that, that's how you know you nailed it. Like you're like, oh, can it be something else, please? No, it's gotta be, it's gotta be super gross feeling. <laughs> oh, totally. And I feel like a lot of people listening are probably like, I know exactly what that is already. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of people already know. Yeah. And if you don't like follow the fear and follow like the activating feelings, like the stuff you're judging people for all that stuff, it'll lead you there. Yeah. Or if not, you can book a reading with me. I can tell you what it is. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So that's perfect. As we, as we start to wrap up, can you tell us where people can find you and how they can work with you right now? Sure. So you can find me on all social media. So I'm on Instagram at J underscore De Silva. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Five Figure Launch Queens. So you can join that for free training. I have workshops on a ton of things. I have a manifestation workshop on those three principles I talked about earlier. So you can join that and like get tons of free training. I do free promo threads on Wednesdays follow threads on Fridays and like tons of advice. Yep. Oh, your volume went out again. Just for just two seconds ago. Can't hear you. <laughs> mm -mm. Oh, how about now? Oh, now I can. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm on all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, all of it. You can also just come to my website and that's jessicadesilva.com. And that's where you can find out some info about my programs like practical magic. I'll have one for more advanced practitioners, like advanced business owners called practical alchemy, which I'm excited. That'll be debuting in a month or two. And if you want to work with me, if you're like a corporate CEO, established business owner, and you want to get into that free flow with money and have business feel easy and fun. And like, you are totally supported by the people on your staff, the people who work with you, reach out to me about working one-on-one. -on -one. I'm always happy to do that. I've got, currently I only have three spots and like, that's my cap. I don't like to work with people more than that. So 
anyway, yeah, reach out to me. I'm an open book and I believe in accessibility of information. So I put lots of free resources out there. So that's something I, I'm very passionate about. And I have investment opportunities starting at $11 with like a free guide to like get more discovery calls up to like the one-on-one -on -one option. So there's, there's something to help you. <laughs> I promise. Like I've got free stuff in the group. You're going to love it. It's really fun. I even have one in the free group. I have so many good ones. I have make a thousand dollars in a week. That's a really popular training in there too. Yeah. So all of your information will be in the show notes. I am in the Facebook group, the free Facebook group, and I love it. I just, there's always something I'm always learning. I love engaging. And it's also nice because it's nice to have if, you know, as you step into this, this version of yourself, I've been, I've been channeling the wealthy woman. You're kind of like, okay, I do need more like-minded women, or at least women in the space of taking it to the next level. And just having that outlet is so nice. Oh, a thousand percent. Like, and I even have like, I have a VIP tier in that group where it's a smaller group. And so you get promo privileges in the big group. And then in the smaller group, it's more active workshops or workshops every single week. And like, it's the, the thing that people definitely like undervalue is community when it comes to being an entrepreneur, it can be such a lonely journey. Like, especially when you feel like an alien, like everybody is like stability is a nine to five job with benefits. And you're like, you're still depending on somebody else. Like I've been in jobs where my paychecks have bounced. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I know that that's not stable. It's an illusion, right? I would always rather depend on myself yeah. and having a community of people who get that is invaluable and people who can understand when, when you need to unload, that's really helpful too. I mean, like my, you know, I, I love my, I love my fiance so much, but like, Hey, he's very much like stability is an is a nine to five job. And that's like totally wonderful. So I'm not going to go there to like express doubt in my business, right? Like, cause I don't want him to panic. So I'm going to go to like my other, like my other entrepreneur friends and be like, Oh, I'm feeling like so weird about this, or I'm feeling like scared or whatever. And they get it because they're like, you can feel scared and you can still be abundant and you can still like turn things around and we can always help. Like we can always workshop it together. So yeah, community is just absolutely necessary. Yes. I love that. So everyone should definitely check all of those sources out. And I'm also going to put the link to the Forbes article with you because that was super yeah. I love that. Okay. So the last thing I have for you, Jesse, is I have a rapid fire Q&A that I have been- I love these, yes. <laughs> okay, so are you ready? Yes. Okay, what is your favorite season? Fall, easy. What is your favorite beverage besides water? Coffee. What is one non-negotiable part of your day slash routine? Um- laying in bed for at least 30 minutes after I wake up. Like I do not get out of bed. Um, that's a big one. Um, my cup of coffee is usually another one. Um, I think those are like my staples. I think that's really it. That those are my staples. Yeah. Love it. If you could have lunch with one person who has passed away, who would it be? Freddie Mercury. Nice. I think that's the second Friday Mercury I've had actually. He's popular. Hands down. Like what? <laughs> Duh. Yes. <laughs> what is your favorite book? I know there's probably a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to have to give you a few. Okay. So a few of them, 
one, my favorite nonfiction book ever of all time, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. So good. Amazing. It's so good. And then I also love Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. That's a great nonfiction book. Fiction-wise, that's always changing. I'd say my most recent, uh, I've been on a Shirley Jackson kick. I really love spooky books. And I just read The Haunting of Hill House not long ago, like maybe a month ago. So good. So, so good. Love that. Okay. What's the last thing you ate? I haven't eaten today, unless we count coffee. So last night I had... I had curried cauliflower steaks. Oh yeah, it was delish. I, I love to cook. So I had, we had that, um, like some sauteed kale and some chicken breast. So it was actually, but with spices on it. Don't, don't, it's fine. <laughs> Remember I'm on a detox, so. <laughs> I was half expecting you to say English cucumber. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I think I'm done. Like I can't, I don't think I can do it again. I don't think I can do it again, Casey. I'm done with cucumber <laughs> for a while what would you get out of bed at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning for? A flight, probably. (laughs) And I don't think I would ever book a flight at that time. Let me think. Other than that, um, I'd say like a Queen concert for sure. I would like, I'm like a huge Queen fan. Like really, like it's it's inappropriate. Um, I would do that. I'm trying to think of like other things that I would love, but I really think that that's it. Like I, I really, I'm not a morning person, so okay. I don't think there's a lot I would do. Yeah. I had to switch it to 5am because I think it was 6 or 7am and then people were like, I'm up at 7am on a Sunday. And I was no. like, okay, I have to push it back a little here. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you were like, what would you wake up at 3am for? I'd be like, I'm still up. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So I'll just stay awake. <laughs> Um, but 5 a.m. is probably the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you could get on a private jet right now, where would you go? Ooh. This sounds so cheesy. I would take my, I would take my fiance back to see his family in the UK, like to see his aunts and stuff. Like he hasn't been back in years. So that's what I would do. And I love England. I love it so much. So Oh, okay. Last one. Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, um, no, I, I could be like fake and be like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to have New York Times bestselling books. I'm going to do a speaking tour. Like I'm going to be like, I'm going to be up there. All right. <laughs> love it. I love it. I, uh, as the last question, it was funny because uh, one of my friends was like, well, what if someone doesn't know? And I was like, I can almost Everyone knows that every single person will have a few distinct things like bing, bing, boom. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. I'm going to be up there. I'm going to be like fashion icon slash like famous guest speaker slash New York times, bestselling author several times over. Like <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I'm calling it in. <laughs> And so it is. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. This has been the most wonderful conversation and I'm so grateful to have had you on. Thank you. This was really fun. This has definitely been one of my, one of my favorite appearances. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.
And there you have it, everyone. My episode with Jesse De Silva. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so fun to chat with you, and it was so great to hear your wisdom and your magic. For everyone who wants to follow along with Jesse, the link to her Instagram will be in the show notes, and everything that you need is pretty much in her link tree. So if you want to join her Five Figure Launch Queens Facebook group, I can't recommend it enough. I am in that group, and it's so powerful. So you can find that there. You can find her Forbes piece where she was called the Millennial Money Witch, and it's also just good to follow along with Jesse so that you can see what offerings she has coming up and so that you can potentially work with her if it feels like a fit. So... Thank you so much for tuning in. As for me, if you want to follow along with me on Instagram, you can follow me at Casey underscore Edward. Like I said, if you have any questions on the restoration program, please do go ahead and slide into my DMs. You can also follow along with the podcast at I can't wait to tell you dot podcast on Instagram. And again, for the restoration program, the link will be in the show notes to check out the landing page. The details will be in the last episode, and if you want to check out an episode that would be really pertinent to this as well would be my Wealthy Woman episode because a big part of what we'll be talking about and what we'll be tuning into, obviously, in this group coaching program will be abundance and wealth and mindset around all of that, which is actually really symbiotic with the episode that we just did with Jesse. So go ahead and check out all of that. If you love the show, please do leave a comment and a review on iTunes. I am so grateful for those of you who have done it. It helps me more than I can even say. And all you have to do is go to the bottom of the iTunes screen further down than you would think. Scroll all the way down and then leave a comment and a review. So thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you soon.